sometimes I just get very defeated by by patriarchy. Like I just am kind of like, I don't know, like I don't want to say it is what it is, but it exists. And sometimes I get so defeated by it that I just am like, I'll just play along in the system, you know, so I can get mine. And then most of the time I, I don't feel that way. Most of the time I'm just like, you know what? Fuck it. Fuck the patriarchy. <laughs> I'm going to live my life and like not worry about it and just stand up for what's right. That was Clementine Creevy of Cherry Glazer. And this is Shiro's, a podcast with a mission to turn up the volume of women's voices in music across genres and generations. I'm Carmel Holt, and what you're about to hear is a previously aired interview from my syndicated public radio show, She Rose Radio. She Rose is a deep dive into the experiences and perspectives of women and gender expansive folks in a still overwhelmingly male-dominated music industry. It's a space where we discuss challenges and triumphs, how far we've come and how far we still have to go. Telling our stories is the first step to making music better for everyone. How many successful bands can you name that started in high school and can say that they've been around for a decade? And what fraction of those bands were founded by young women? Well, I don't know the exact statistic. My guess is not many. So I'm going to take a leap and say that today's guest is a bit of a unicorn, but it was grit, not magic, plus determination and a whole lot of talent that brought her where she is today. At just 15, Los Angeles singer, songwriter, and guitarist Clementine Creevy uploaded songs to SoundCloud, which got the attention of a record label. That was in 2012. In 2013, she started her band, Cherry Glazer, and they released their debut album, Haxel Princess, in 2014. By their follow-up, 2017's Apocalyptic, Cherry Glazer was signed to the iconic indie label Secretly Canadian, and in the year that followed, they began gaining critical acclaim, touring internationally and playing major festivals. 2019 saw the release of their third album, the likewise critically hailed Stuffed and Ready. When the pandemic brought everything to a standstill, it gave Clementine Creevy the first opportunity since she was a teenager to slow down and reflect. The songs that were born of that period of time became Cherry Glazer's fourth album, I Don't want you anymore, which sees Clementine taking more control than ever before over the recording process. She wrote, co-produced, and arranged the whole album with the help of a few hand-picked, trusted collaborators. And now in her late 20s, she is taking ownership of her work in a way she hasn't quite done before. With Cherry Glazer's 2024 tour kicking off at the end of this month, we're thrilled to welcome Clementine Creevy as this week's Shiro in the Spotlight. Clementine Creevy. Welcome to Shiro's. Great to see you. Hi, thanks for having me. Congratulations on I Don't Want You Anymore, which has been out for a minute. How's everything going so far? It's been good. I'm already working on the next one. Of course you are. I'm really excited that it's out, but it, it just gets me more excited to keep making more music because it's like once you see it out there and it feels more real and tangible and you've shared it you have a better sense of like what it looks like because it's being like perceived and you're not the only one perceiving it and yeah that just helps me like wrap my head around it all together and I'm like okay now I really feel it I know it what it is it's like this thing and I'm ready to build on it 
when you get all the press and you start reading articles, everyone likes to talk about the first album in four years, which that's actually not that long. Yeah. I didn't even really realize it had been four years. And I also don't feel like that's that long. (laughs) It's not, especially when you think about the release, the touring schedule, the promotional schedule that comes before the touring schedule. Like that's a two year cycle on its own. And then you need to have time Mm. to recover. And I don't know what people think. Why did we come up with this arbitrary, like you have to put out a record every couple of years number? I'm not really sure where that came from. Yeah. I don't know. The industry is really fucked up. Yeah. Let's talk about it. I love talking about how fucked up the industry is. Me too. So, (laughs) but before we go down the tubes, one thing that I really love about talking to artists past when the album comes out rather than ahead of when the album comes out is that You've also had some time to sit with it, sit with the response. It sounds like you've already moved on even. But any thoughts? You have it in the rear view. You're already on to the next thing. Any parting thoughts as you wave bye-bye already to I Don't Want You Anymore? Oh, I love that record. I'm so happy that it got to come out and that I got to make it. I just feel so lucky and so blessed to be an artist and that I'm able to survive off of that. I mean, I've been doing it for 10 years now, so I've been able to make a lot of records now at this point and I didn't get into the music industry. I had no idea that anyone would ever listen to my music. I don't even like to say the word career. That's a dumb word. I don't know. I didn't know it would be my whole life the way it is, but I would say that I got into the music industry at a good time because it was kind of before TikTok and like it was a little bit easier and a little bit smaller to navigate. Yeah, that was like 2013, 2014. And like we were playing like Camp Flognon and stuff and like FYF and Pitchfork and all those festivals. You know, we were getting some hype and I put out my music for the first time on SoundCloud and then it got picked up by a label and then they ended up putting out the full thing. I was discovered on SoundCloud, which I think is very like 2013. (laughs) Like, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure that still happens now. I don't really know though. I kind of avoid knowing like the specifics of the ins and outs. It's all very complicated, like how they find people and whatever. But, um, I love this record and I just feel so lucky to be an artist. And every day I'm getting to experience things that I can put into my art and like my whole life is centered around it and dedicated to it and I love having that sort of purpose in my life because it gives me sanity to have something that I'm like serving and I try to do that the best I can by like finding inspiration from things and people in life and trying to make something out of that and an outlet for me to like really express how I am feeling and how I I'm interpreting the world and myself. And the last record was really raw and me doing that a lot. I mean, all my records really are, but this one was definitely a little bit more serious and personal, I guess. Yeah. It occurs to me when you were talking about, like, I've been doing this for 10 years already. Didn't this Mm -hmm. band have its origins when you were still a teenager? Yeah, I'm 26. And most people think I'm, like, in my 30s because... We've been around for so long. (laughs) But yeah, I started the band when I was 15 and then demoed music and put it out on SoundCloud and then 
when it started blowing up, I wanted to put a band together because it started out as just like me recording with two of my friends. But they were older than me and they couldn't be in like band full time. So I put a band together and that's kind of how Cherry Glazer was formed. And then those people left and I continued it. I was always a bit of a control freak with the band. Like I was like, this is my thing. You guys can play in this. (laughs) And I know that probably sounds like bitchy or whatever, but it's more just that I had this creative vision and I wanted it to be something very specific I had an idea for it but the people who have been in my band have always been into that and they're like yeah we know it's your band we were down to play so that's cool and perfect for me and I've always known that I've kind of wanted it to be all in my control but also I struggle with that because I don't mean to like sound conceited or whatever but I'm truly a generous person I want everyone to always feel included and I love bands and I love the vibe of them and I love camaraderie and community and everything that bands are about so my projects even though I am the sole writer and always have been they're also very collaborative loving units where everyone is respected as like an equal we have Clementine Creevy here with us. The new Cherry Glazer album is I Don't Want You Anymore. How about we play a track from the album? What do you want to start with today? Maybe the title track. Anything you <laughs> want to tell us about the title track and why it became the title of the album? Yeah, this was actually the very first one that I ever recorded with Eve for the album. And I went to his studio in Hollywood. We demoed this one out. And that was kind of the moment where we knew that we wanted to make the record together. And it all started with this synth that I have. It's like a Korg Poly 6 synth. It's like a vintage synth. Something about it is just so magical and inspiring. And like, I don't know, sometimes a piece of gear is like the start of a song. So I give this one up to the chord. you anymore is the title track to the new Cherry Glazer album. We have Clementine Creevy here with us on Shiro's and I'm Carmel Holt and we were talking about how that song was inspired by the gear and you were like, oh, that's so nerdy. And I'm like, no, that's so awesome. This is a perfect segue for us to talk about production. You're clearly somebody that knows her gear, knows (laughs) a thing or two about production, is comfortable talking about that and even have songs that are inspired by instruments and gear. And I know that you co-produced this record. So could you talk to us a little bit about taking that role on for I Don't Want You Anymore and what production means to you, especially in terms of being a woman doing this job? Yeah. Well, I wanted to do the album with Eve because he was so cool and he had such great taste. And like the first session I did with him when we were doing I Don't Want You Anymore, I was just like, this guy is awesome. He is like the perfect person to collaborate with. So it was really easy to produce alongside him. I never felt like he was 
pushing against my ideas for no reason because he wanted to be the one whose idea it was, which is so common. And honestly, I get it. We all have an ego. Sometimes I do that. Like it's very real. But I just felt like he was so cool and listened to all of my ideas and like respected me as a person. So it was just easy to collaborate with him. And on top of that, like he has amazing ideas. Like he produced it, you know. I had a lot of ideas mostly for arrangements. That was where my production ideas came in. He was very much like the uh, tones guy, the sounds guy. Like he's so good at that and I love his taste and that's why I wanted to work with him. And so I was like, hell yeah, King, like that's all you. you, you're killing it. And he also helped with a lot of arrangements of the songs and of the music, but I did a lot of that for the first time. And I was excited to explore that because you know, this is my fourth album. So I've just had a lot of experience and I've learned from a lot of great producers. Like my old bandmate, he taught me so much. My old drummer, he taught me a lot of language and like a lot of patience. That was something that he really helped me with and how to collaborate well. And then working with Carlos de la Garza on my last two albums, he was also an awesome producer who helped me sort of taught me how to do this. And so I took a lot of what I learned from the producers in my past and have applied it to myself. And so I was excited that Eve let me run wild with a lot of the mechanisms of that and like being a producer because I would love to continue doing it. It rocks. <laughs> Is there a song on this record that you're really proud of from a production standpoint? Wow, they all took on a really great life. I really love the way we did Bad Habit. That song went through a lot of different iterations. Like it was like real bass and then we did bass synth and then we went back to real bass and then we did bass synth again. And then we had guitars, we scrapped those, we put them back, we scrapped them again. Like it just went through so much. Like there are like 1 million demos of that song. Sometimes you do a song and it's like, boom, it's done. And then sometimes you have a song and it has to just go through like a million different versions until you land on it. I don't think that necessarily means that it's not as strong of a song because I feel like when I say that out loud, I'm like, oh, well, the one that you just spit out, it's automatically better. I don't really think so. I think sometimes you just get really playful with the production and it's just open for that. And so Bad Habit was definitely one of those. We had this guy, Joe, come in and like play all these rad vintage synths and when he laid that down we were like that is so weird we have to keep that like all of those like sounds in the beginning where it's like I don't know just really hot tapey sounding synths that are like you're like okay that's crazy and not at all what we thought the song would be but we ended up liking it and saving it and it became like a real identity of part of the song
That's Bad Habit. Track two on the new Cherry Glazer album, I Don't Want You Anymore. We have Clementine Creevy with us on Shiro's and I'm Carmel Holt. And we were talking about production and working with Eve Rothman. And we also earlier were talking about basically your bio and how you started. And you started when you were 15 years old, not intentionally, but started your first band. You started on guitar, right? Yeah, I started when I was 11. So on Shiro's, I've talked a lot to artists about what their first instruments were, especially when it comes to certain instruments. There's less so now, but there's still a little bit of gender assignment. I was wondering about your experience with that. Have you ever had any feelings about being a girl with a guitar and and now a woman with a guitar? What was that experience like for you? Positive, negative, neutral? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's complicated, I guess. I definitely started the band because I was like, oh, well, I can do this as well as all the guys that I'm seeing do this, and I can do it even better. And I know that I have, like, the skill set, and I'm, like, excited to show people that girls can do shit just as well as boys can. So that was definitely something that was always in the back of my head when I was starting the project. But for the most part, I didn't really think about it. Like, I don't think people want to only listen to boys all the time. I mean, I think lots of people need music made by non-men. Everyone just needs that flavor. I mean, I think that there's a demand for it. I don't know. Maybe that's like wishful thinking, I guess. But I just think that that's true for human beings. Everyone needs art that's made by lots of different types of people. So I just have sort of a zen about it. Like I try not to think about it too much. Sometimes I do feel a little bit relegated to like girl music. To have to exist as anything can be weird and like embarrassing sometimes. (laughs) And you just want like your work to exist. Like I kind of had a moment in time where I really wanted people to think that boys wrote and produced all of my stuff so that it would get more notoriety and popularity. Like I really wanted people to think that I was being puppeteered by a man because then I thought I would get more sales, I would get more streaming, I would get people just hearing it for what it is. And then I was just like, oh, whatever, don't play into the machine, don't play into the man, like, just be honest about how you're a fucking control freak and do everything yourself, basically. (laughs) So I've kind of switched sides a little bit. But yeah, there's, yeah, I guess it is a problem sometimes, but. So wait, when did you have that idea? And then when did you switch or let it go? I guess kind of recently I switched. I don't know, I got so excited about the record and I couldn't help but talk honestly about it. And then I guess the truth like slipped out. (laughs) And then I was like, ah, whatever, I'll just roll with it. Like if people hate women so much that it'll really like change their minds about it, then, you know, fuck them anyways. Wait, so you're (laughs) saying that this switch just happened on this album? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess sort of. Whoa, dude. (laughs) That's huge, though. So what's the truth? Can you articulate or expand on that? Like, what is the truth that we're finding out that you're not being controlled by men, that you're doing everything yourself? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Basically, yeah. Wow. That's amazing. (laughs) I mean, of course, I have so much help and my team is amazing and I love my bandmates and they work 
so hard alongside me and I'm mm-hmm. so grateful for them every day. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I guess like I write all the music and I pick the producers and I produce it. And my manager, Katie, and I, we get into the nitty gritty and do all the detail behind the scenes stuff. Yeah, which I feel like most people probably just would know already. But I got excited about the idea of someone thinking that like a man was controlling me because I was like, oh, okay, well, this might be good for my sales. And then I was like, oh, whatever. Like, I don't really care about that stuff anyways. But yeah, I mean, you can have a complicated relationship with yourself sometimes in that way. For sure. Sometimes I just get very defeated by by patriarchy. Like, I just am kind of like, I don't know. Like, I don't want to say it is what it is, but it exists. And sometimes I get so defeated by it that I just am like, I'll just play along in the system, you know, so I can get mine. And then most of the time, I, I don't feel that way. Most of the time, I'm just like, you know what? Fuck it. Fuck the patriarchy. (laughs) I'm going to live my life and like not worry about it and just stand up for what's right and live that way. Yeah. And I was thinking about your story and like when you're a teenager and you don't have any of that experience of the music industry and we started off this conversation saying like, let's talk about how fucked up the music industry is. I'm so game for that. But of course, I'm focusing on this one part of what's fucked up about it. patriarchy and that cis white dudes for the most part still run the show yeah but when you're like young and innocent you're just starting out you don't have that awareness and then you get into it and then capitalism and the patriarchy start to find their way to you and yeah there's like usually some sort of a disillusionment and then trying to figure out whether you can actually like navigate it and stay in the game or not. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, you Mm -hmm. have to find a sort of like zen with it. I think the patriarchy affects everyone. True. It affects people of different classes too. Classism is so real in the industry, it feels like. Totally. Racism. Yeah, and racism and yeah, just people like, relegating people to one thing based on stuff other than their music solely. Yeah, I guess that's true for everything in the world. I don't know. I just try to do the best I can to stand up for people and always be teachable and always be open-minded and just treat to treat people equally. Yes. Yeah. Before you mentioned you and your manager, Katie, and how you make all of these decisions. And it sounds like you have a lot of agency and autonomy in in that decision making. We talk a lot here about image and the decision making that goes into how you present, whether that's in press shoots or on stage or online. Where have you kind of fallen in that world? Like, what has been your experience with image? How do you feel about it? I mean, I'm kind of a private person, honestly, and I'm not very like, I don't know. I just like to live my life and I like to go like out into nature and like, I won't have my phone on for three days, whatever. You can't find me. I have values like in my life that don't have anything to do with social media and I don't know I just like post when I think it sounds fun and like when I make something or like I feel like I look pretty like I'm feeling myself that day like I'm in my mood 
yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'll be like, okay, I'm going to pout. It's weird to be perceived. I feel like I've realized I've been like in the like public eye or whatever for so long, for like 10 years. And I don't know. It's kind of weird. It kind of humbles you, I guess. And like I said, I'm a really private person. So I like to just not deal with a lot of eyes on me sometimes. And yeah, I don't like like a constant barrage of like me and my face. <laughs> like I'm just not really wired that way. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just kind of like, oh my God, that's so cringe. I mean, it's totally okay when other people do it. Sometimes yeah. I love it. Like I'm just like, yes. But for me personally, I can't really do that. We have Clementine Creevy here with us on Shiro's The New Cherry Glazer album is called I Don't Want You Anymore. You talked about how much you love this album. What do you love about it? Why is it special to you? Why is it important to you? It's important to me because it really came from the heart. And I feel like it has a lot of vibe and a lot of style. And I was really into the whole feeling of it. Like there's nothing about it that I would change, even though there are things that I would change. I'm like, oh my God, like I mixed this in way too high. But as like a piece of work, I just am so proud of what we created. I feel like we created something with like a lot of vibe and a lot of style and a lot of heart. And there are a lot of moments on it that where I feel like I'm so tapped into my best creative self. Like a lot of just moments within songs, like Soft Like a Flower, for example, that song is just really cool to me and I, was able to execute a lot of melodies and a lot of feeling and power that I had never really done before in that type of way. I did a little on Stuffed and Ready, but I just really liked the combination of that paired with like the production of this. Is there anything you want to tell us about the lyrical content, what this song is about before we go into it? So Off Like a Flower is about a boy that I was seeing a boy a man I'm not 13 and he was really sort of sensitive and it was something that I could relate to but then it was also really kind of fucked up and kind of messed up too so yeah it's just about a crazy love relationship that I had Soft Like a Flower. We have Clementine Creevy with us on Shiro's. The new Cherry Glazer album is called I Don't Want You Anymore. 
It's album number four. It's been so awesome to have you here, Clem. I do an exercise at the end of every episode where I invite my guests to make a magic wand wish. And this harkens back full circle to the beginning of our conversation today, talking about how fucked up the music industry is. So here's your moment to make a magic wand wish for women, for genderqueer folks, for non-binary folks in the music industry. If you had the wand in your hand, wave of the wand, what would you change? Yes, definitely. I would make it so that everyone just exists purely as an energy and that for a whole year, we could just exist as little energies and be received at face value for that so that our work could shine through. I don't know, though, because also I think people's life and history is really cool, too. So I don't know what my wish would be. I guess my wish would be world peace, love, and for everybody to get free donuts whenever they want. Great wish. (laughs) Love it. Nobody's ever made a wish that had to do with food. So I appreciate you. That seems like a perfect segue into sugar. Cool. You did wish for donuts. (laughs) I wished for donuts. I'm sorry. I don't know. That's what's important. It's so great. So is it okay that we play Sugar as our last song today? Oh, yeah. Perfect. Anything you want to tell us about Sugar? Sugar? The song, I mean. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I really love this one. I started this with Johnny from the drums. He had that really cool bass line. We were working together with Susie Shin, who's a really cool producer, And we went to her house and started this track. And when he played me the bass line, I was just like, "Mm, I love it so much. Like, I've got to work on this. So, yeah, shout out to Johnny and Susie for starting writing this song with me. I love them. And the music video is one of my favorite music videos we've ever done. It was directed by my friend Gabe, starring Emily, who is a really cool stripper. And she works at Jumbos. And I know her through some friends. And so I really wanted her to be the star because she is an amazing dancer. And I tried working the pole after And it was so hard. It was the hardest thing I've ever done. And I was like, oh, this is going to be a piece of cake. Like, I'll just hop on the pole. And it was not easy at all. So shout out to all pole dancers. That is just such an amazing thing to be able to do. And so hard and so cool. And I love that. You make me want to crawl away. I'm so ashamed I'm not this way. Yesterday, but I think it matters anyway. You make me wanna push my luck, break my heart. I don't care. Fortune told me that no one's there. I'm buried deep. With thanks to Clementine Creevy. Thank you for being on Shiro's. Congratulations on I Don't Want You Anymore. Thank you so much. 
Many thanks to Clementine Creevy for being with us. The fourth Cherry Glazer album, I Don't Want You Anymore, is out now on Secretly Canadian. Catch Cherry Glazer out on tour starting on February 26th. Shiro's is produced by me, is mixed and mastered by Kelly Drake. Our original theme music is by Lucius. Shiro's is also a nationally syndicated radio show. You can visit shirosradio.com to find out more and support our work with Patreon or merch from the Shiro's shop. Keep in touch on Instagram and Twitter. I'm at Carmel Holt or find us at Shiro's Radio. And please consider leaving us a rating and review wherever you listen to your podcast. That helps us grow and bring you more Shiro's. Until next time, remember, music is our superpower. I'm Carmel Holt. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.